Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Playwright Repertory Podcast. I'm Mitchell Huntley. Here we go with my co-host, the illustrious Sarah Lena Sparks. Illustrious? I don't, I don't know. I was going to say incomparable, but I didn't. I just... Um, illustrious. It's you know, I, I apologize. Well, anyway, we're back and we're not dead. It's been a little while, but we're still here. We're still, we're up still here. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are back. I'm sure you heard our new theme song that I definitely have made by the time of this recording. Have not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, new. I haven't heard the new theme song. It's okay. Neither have I. Um, sure. Not yet. Well, me recording this haven't yet. Me editing this? Hopefully. Yeah. So today we're going to have a bit of a special little episode because today's piece, the first piece of the new season and the new year, is written by... Uh, who is it written by, Sarah? It's written by Mitchell Huntley. Yeah, it's written by me. Um, I wrote this. I wrote this piece. We actually recorded this piece. I think months ago, and we've mm-hmm. we've been waiting to put it out. I think now is a good time. A good a new year. It's a new fresh start. I think, and it says something that at least I've been thinking about when it comes to theater and the endless Zoom performances and recordings that have been done over the past was it nine months almost of pandemic. Yes. yes. And I just, I had this, I had this play written and I needed, I thought it was something that needed to be out there and to be heard. So without further ado, Meta Mad Libs by Mitchell Huntley. So we don't have a cast per se for this little show you're about to see, but we do have a little audience of people who are going to be helping out with this sort of interactive show. So I'm just going to introduce them and they're going to say hi and you'll hear, hear from them throughout the piece and they're going to interact with me the performer so first we have jordan spina hello making your is it your this is your podcast debut with us this is not my podcast debut not I your was podcast here for vibe check you were there for vibe check this is your first time uh not in a big i guess you are in a big group but not in like that big of a group <laughs> we have mia kaplan hello 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 we have justin jong Hello. Hello. Welcome. Uh, we have Bella Arnold. Hey. <laughs> we have Kira Backlion. I was going to say hey again, and then you're going to cut it because it's going to be hey, and then hey, hey, hey. So let's pretend that you're going to cut this all, and I'm going to say glad to be back. Good to have you back. <laughs> you had the perfect opportunity to just say, I'm a native New Yorker. Oh, oh sorry. Reintroduce me. Reintroduce me. We have Cut none of this. I'm cutting none at all. No, you're right. I'm cutting none of this. Uh, we have Kira Backlion. I'm a native New Yorker. Here I go. Whoa. And we have. I keep trying to make this happen. The ghost of the Playwright Repertory podcast, Ben Suskind. Ooh, I'm a ghost. Thank you for contributing to my bit. So yeah, that's our little group of people who are going to help me in interacting. And of course, we have the amazing co-host of the Playwright Repertory podcast, Sarah Lena Sparks as well. I'm still being held against my will. (laughs) Yeah, so they're going to be interacting with me throughout this piece, and I hope you all really enjoy it. B 
The author comes into the Zoom window. They have an ice pack on their head and a thermometer in their mouth. Their face is flushed. Basically, they look like the operation guy. They carry a notepad and pencil in their hands. It is a big book of prompts. They clear their throat into their arm, sniffle a little, and look to the audience. Yeah, it's going to be one of those shows. Hi there. Hello. How you doing? I'm the author of this little show here. You're probably wondering, what the hell is the author doing on stage? And why does he look like he's taken a beating from illness? And why did he use the term author twice? And this is very clearly a play, and the term is playwright. Your questions and more will be answered in due time. In due time. First, I'm going to need the following. A number? Mia? 19. 19. I like that number. Very relatable number. Next, I'm going to need a proper noun. Proper noun. Ben? Mia Kaplan. (laughs) All right. Mia Kaplan. Almost like she is here on the Zoom. Uh, I'm going to need a regular noun. Kira? Oh, wait. I can't use that word. I'm worried. <laughs> poop. Poop. We love poop. Um, next, I'm going to need a famous actor or actress. Bella. Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's great. Steve Buscemi. Now I'm going to need a type of play. Now that's a very um, difficult. Um, I'm going to go with Mia. Brechtian. Brechtian. Oh, that's great. That's way better than I was ever thinking when I came up with that. Um, Occupation. Jordan. Dermatologist. Dermatologist. That's the best kind of skin doctor because they're the only skin doctor. Um, I'm going to need a month. Uh, Justin. December. December. I'm going to need a city. Bella. Hell, Michigan. Hell, Michigan. Oh, this is great. Uh, Illness. Do not say Uh, (laughs) COVID-19. Justin. I can't say it. Tuberculosis? Yes, you know what I'm trying to say. TB, tuberculosis. Uh, An adjective? Ben. Wet. No comment on that one. And finally, I'm going to need another number. Kira. 72. 72. Great. Thank you so much. Now... Let me explain. So 19 months ago, when the Mia Kaplan players commissioned this script for spring 2021, I thought I would have more time, you know? Then this season didn't turn out the way it was supposed to, and they bumped my poop up as a Zoom performance. My first choice for the lead role initially was Steve Buscemi, but here we are. Now, what is this poop I am presenting to you today? That That is a good question. And it has a good explanation. You see, when I initially planned this piece out, 
It was going to be a Brechtian piece about a struggling upper middle class dermatologist who grapples with his sexual identity, as well as a female character who struggles with body image. I know it was going to be really deep, really impactful. Then they bumped me up to December, so I had to cut that idea. Now I had planned a piece about my being born and abandoned as an orphan in Hell, Michigan. Now, it wasn't entirely true, but it would have made a good show, right? And I came down with a stupid fucking tuberculosis, and here I am. So, I grabbed this book of Mad Libs, as you can tell, and here we are. Now, I don't want you to think this was simply a cop-out or going against what the commission was about. I want this piece of theater to be engaging and wet. So, think of this as a piece of performance art theater, showing the world that things as simple as reading out of a Mad Libs prompt can be theater in these crazy and tumultuous times. Despite the fact that we are stuck in these Brady Bunch windows, viewing each other's unflattering angles backlit or with artificial light, theater can and will still exist, and it can be pushed to the medium's breaking point. Is my tuberculosis even real, or is it simply a plot device to make this point? Author puts the thermometer in the back of their mouth and reads it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely ill. But the point is, I want to challenge our perception of what theater could be now that we have broken down to the bare essentials of text being performed. And sure, it is extremely moralistic and pretentious for me even to write something like this, being 72 years old, but... Pauses to realize they did a Mad Libs about themselves. But you know, this is something... I feel passionate about. And meta is all the rage nowadays. No fourth wall when you're literally stuck in a room with all four walls. I think this is an opportunity to redefine what theater is and what it can be. That's why I played this little Mad Libs experiment. Well, that or I really did just grab a Mad Libs book. They close the book and drop it off on the floor. They walk off screen. End of play. And that was Meta Mad Lips by Mitchell Huntley. Um, so now we're going to go into a conversation about that style of theater. I don't know if you noticed, but people had to interact with the performer in that piece. Yes. Um, you know, our our audience were also, they became performers as well. They became a part of the piece. Um, so now we really kind of wanted to talk about that interactiveness of this online format of theater. Uh, Mitchell, you want to take it away? Yeah. So... This piece was originally written as uh, an assignment to create a sort of interactive piece of theater, which was challenging, I think, specifically because we had to do it over Zoom. All theater, at least in the United States, that is, other countries, New Zealand, every the theater is actually live again. But here um, we have to do things over Zoom. So that was my way of creating interactive piece of pretty it's pretty standard interaction, audience interaction, where I just ask and they respond Um, but I, there are so many other opportunities and other ways to, I think, interact with this new format that I wanted to just open like the Pandora's box to, uh, and just get that out there that we don't have to make this, these Brady Bunch boxes, as I say in the piece, um, that we're just sitting in. It can be something new, interactive, and it can be something as simple as just picking up a Mad Libs book and reading it. Yeah. What do you think about that, Sarah, about the, this sort of interactive possibility with Zoom, despite the latency and all that? Yeah, so I have a 
complicated relationship <laughs> with the interactiveness of like Zoom performances. So on like one hand, I'm always for like, oh, like really get the audience in there. We need it. We need to feel that audience, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But on another hand, I earlier this year I attended a Zoom performance, and I, I just wasn't feeling like I my friends wrote wrote the piece and directed it and so i was happy to be there and to support them mm-hmm. but it was like 10 o'clock on like a thursday or something i had had a full <laughs> week of school and i was just ready to like be in my bed and be ugly and like lay down and do whatever i wanted and just enjoy this piece um, but we had to like turn our videos on <laughs> and like talk to each other. They made us like converse um, between it was it was a murder mystery. So it was actually it was fun. Um, something that Mitchell would have like super loved. I feel like that's something that you would have. I feel been like really murder into. mysteries have become part of my like my my like brand, like brand now. Even though yeah. all it was all it was was I just really liked Knives Out, and apparently I love murder mysteries now. No, but even. <laughs> Before you liked Knives Out, I feel like that's just really on brand for you to be like a murder mystery kind of guy. I don't know. Just I, like a, I don't know what that I, says about me, but I hope it's something I don't know, good. Like, just like a nerd. But like nerds are cool. So like, it's okay. I don't I, know. I mean, I'm trying to look up. There's this really awesome um, interactive piece that I watch and I'm trying to make sure that I have all the right names and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I watched that thing and I was just not into it because I didn't totally know that that was going to happen. So if you're doing like a interactive piece, I highly suggest putting in your, when you even buy the ticket of like, we will ask you to turn on your cameras. You will be a part of this performance because I wanted to be ugly. Like I wanted to do whatever I wanted while I watched this performance. I was tired. And when they just asked me to like go into a breakout room with somebody's oh parents That's and awful. like another girl that I didn't know, I just, and it's not awful. Cause okay, it's it not was, awful, but it's just like, if this sometimes. was on like Halloween, cause it was a whole Halloween thing. If this was on like Halloween night and there was like a full house and I knew everybody, like, I think I would have had a fantastic time, but because of like the time it was the day, the circumstance, it was also, I think it was like their opening night that I went to. So they were also, you know, we we're all figuring this out and they did a fantastic job. And I, you know, I thought the writing was great, but it was just, I did not want to figure out who the murderer was and tell a family, somebody's parents in New Jersey about it. And then we just kind of had to sit there for a while, you know? Um, and so I just didn't want to do that. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I have a complicated relationship with these interactive pieces. I just think that I want to know that they're going to be so interactive beforehand. Yeah. On the, on the other hand... Um, I watched this amazing piece, um, which I now have everything pulled up. It's called You Are Here by Marika Splint. Um, and it was done. It was like commissioned through the La Jolla Playhouse. Um, yeah. And I believe I think you can still buy to watch it now. I don't know. It was over the summer. But for this piece, she um, the playwright was also kind of the performer throughout the whole piece. Um, so she. The whole thing was like you went through Google Maps together. And so she would be like, "Okay, everybody go into your Google Maps and find the place where you grew up. Now, like, look to the left. Like, do you see a person there? 
like like and you didn't have to talk you just had to like look and then she'd have you draw like a map with your finger and stuff like that and it was it was really cool now for this performance i watched a recorded video of it (laughs) and so i didn't see like i didn't have to be on screen while i was doing that so maybe it was like a more enjoyable experience for me Mm. um but it was really amazing and then she was like if you're close to a window like turn your computer to a window let's all look out the window together and i thought that was so cool um also in this performance you could see that debbie diggs was in the audience and i thought that was really cool um and (laughs) so yeah um so you know i really enjoyed that piece and it was very interactive i mean that was kind of the whole thing was that like you were going through the storytelling through google maps which was awesome and i've never thought of that before but, you know, we have all this technology now that we can do this where it can be it can be so fun and it can be really cool and interesting. So I like it and I don't. I like it like <laughs> watching it and I don't really like participating. But then I want to write stuff where there's like participation. But then I also just don't really want to participate. I think it really depends on the time, and like my mood. Yeah. And I think one what you're saying about wanting to know it's going to be this kind of interactive piece beforehand is important. I think that's sort of the permission structure that happens with theater. And I think you have to let people know that you're going to make them turn on the camera, but you also don't have to make them turn on the camera. Like I could, I, when I was writing, I was thinking of different ways people could use like chat or something. So they don't mm-hmm. have to turn on their camera at all. They can just put in the chat. Oh, yeah. I wasn't an like forced against my will to turn on the camera, but it, it was my friends and I did feel bad. I'm like a sucker. Like if my dogs cry, like, OK, so I have a dog and she's a puppy <laughs> and she's kind of naughty sometimes. And like, we'll have to put her. She has like a little crate that she goes into when she needs a timeout. Um, and so sometimes she'll like be in a timeout and then she'll start crying. And like I said, I'm a sucker. I'll let her out if she starts crying. Like I'll do whatever she needs. Like if she needs anything, I will always give it to her. I will spoil her forever. Like John Wick, you and your dog. You're like that. Yeah. Well, oh, I would so John Wick for my dog. I would kill everybody (laughs) for my dog. It's like that one line. It's like that one line in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Rosa gets a dog and she's like, uh, now that I have Arlo if something happened to him, I would kill everybody and then myself. Like, facts though, like, no, but yeah, I'm a sucker, so I did it, but I didn't have to, but most people did. Because it, it's also like, well, that's not really fun either if you don't do it. You just are a little bit like, uh, I just wanted to do whatever I wanted because I'm lazy like that. Yeah, I think there's there could, there's potential to use stuff like that's not just video. So I feel like that's what, that's something that makes a lot of people really uncomfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes me uncomfortable even in class. I don't like to put on my video. In fact, by Ugh. the end, by the end of fall quarter, I just did not have my video on at all for almost all my classes because I just I didn't do want... have to have my video on for all my classes and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's something most people can feel like no one likes putting their camera on Zoom anymore. Nobody likes Zoom anymore. When when we found out there was a vaccine, everyone's like, get me off of Zoom. I, it's it's um. so I think there's different ways you can go about it. I comes to mind is polls, chat, reactions. There's yeah, and so I many think for the thing for like the camera, it's like you are like bringing, you are asking people to open up their homes to you. Like it's the craziest yeah. thing of like, what if we were actually all in like this physical play, and then we did like. Chris, like caroling ding dong ditch type of thing where we just went to every single audience person's door and was like okay let's see your house now you know like That's it's awful. so 
but that's kind of what it is. Like, it's so personal. And, you know, it's saying, like, I'm going to see your living space. Like, and, you know, your house, your apartment, your room, wherever you live, like, that is a sacred space. That's your temple. And so to kind of, like, be like, oh, let's let's all go to your temple together. It is. It's it's a lot, Um, especially, you know, if you just don't feel comfortable with that. So that's why the whole camera thing kind of turns me off sometimes um but yeah, yeah like you said there's a ton of different ways that you can incorporate this and and do this yeah yeah there's so many different ways you can do it and so many different like and i, I do feel like the the whole i don't want to open up my room to you only because my room is always so messy and i want to it's my goal to as clean we it up. record this as we record this mitchell is literally he has his lighting so it looks like he's in a black a right now i can because he just got led string lights because he's a basic just, bitch like that i'm a basic bitch like that and um, i do i do i do i was gonna mention that that i have um it's literally just my face kind of some of my clothes and like the reflection off off like a screen behind me and you yeah, can't you see in, anything like, a black else. abyss i am right like now. the opposite of like of like john oliver right now i'm he he was in a white void i'm in a black void it's just mm-hmm. it's it's i feel most comfortable yeah. Um, one, one other thing about audience participation over Zoom is when you ask people to say things there, it can be so awkward because we can't like look at each other and be like, oh, you go. Oh, you speak. You know what I mean? And so they have that Zoom collision that happens and it happens all the time. Everybody's experienced it where you go, well, and then like somebody else starts talking the exact same time. And it's the whole, no, you go. Oh, I no, you go. Every, no, you go. And I'm yeah. and I'm just like the bitch who's like, fine, I'll go. Like, stop being <laughs> polite. Like, let's just get this over with. Um, and so when you want people to like say things, I do think that is like a worry of, oh, like, uh, maybe not, you know. So that's why, like, I also know that when people do like online performances, they will plant people in the audience to be like, yeah, oh. If nobody says anything, you have to say something, even though you're like the assistant director or something like that. Yeah, I what a production I want to see done over Zoom that I haven't seen before is um that I've seen in person is Every Brilliant Thing. I don't know if you heard of that play. I've never heard of so, that. So it's a play uh, by by Duncan Macmillan and uh, Johnny Donahue. It's a uh, fantastic play. It's about um, depression and um, and suicide. Which sounds really depressing, and but it's, it's interactive. And it's interactive. Basically, oh, no. the protagonist creates a list of like every brilliant thing they can think of in the world, every individual like thing that brings happiness and joy. And what they do is they have a number attached to each of them and they give the list, the different numbers to the audience members and they call out the number and the audience member reads it off. And it's oh, probably one of the it's one of the cutest things and yeah, it's that's an lovely. amazing production. I I saw it last Oh my God! It was it was December of 2019, way back in the well, day, that's, well, that's, and it was it was a great, beautiful. I love that. It's a very beautiful play, um, and I feel like that's something that needs to be done. Someone, someone, someone's probably Mitchell, already done it. Do it, it Mitchell. Do I, it. I told, I told it. Do it. But I want to. I want to participate. <laughs> I want to like, see no, it. No, 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 no. Don't make me act. Don't make me act. Yeah. No, no, no. Like that's wonderful, and I think something that's good about that participation is that audience members have a script. Like when yeah. audience members are unscripted, I think that just adds such a big part of like pressure. I know it would for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to say something. Like, yeah. 
really like like, fantastic and funny or something like that i i would have that pressure but if you give me a note card and they're like hey at this point just say this i'd be like oh yeah sure yeah no i think and i think um it's because i don't want to i don't want to have to like come up with things this isn't class i'm not in a breakout room with my with my professor just with their presser with their camera off listening i don't want to do that i want to like have something i can read which is not to say that um improvisational interaction isn't valid i think it's actually really it can lead to some really funny things i think it's just that's something give that, me a location give me a give me a location and an occupation mm-hmm. but i think there's different parts of the different mediums for different stories content dictates form I think there's just so many ways you can um, be interactive now and sort of freshen up the Zoom experience, which is what this whole episode's about. It's like just freshen up what a play can be and what you can do with it, especially now that we're stuck in these boxes for who knows how long until we all mm-hmm. get the vaccine. I think yeah. it's really just important to not get people's eyes to glaze over. And the way to do that is through just spicing things up with some new um interactive elements other things mitchell doesn't watch tiktok so he's no idea what i'm about to do right now oh no oh no add a little bit of spice oh man somebody who watches tiktok our, our, is our demo- our, 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 yeah our, our youth demographics are gonna go way up just because i said that just because you said just because you quoted tiktok i mm-hmm. oh. mitchell has no idea about tiktok i posted and- one tiktok well, okay i posted three tiktoks but yeah really but then song. you never watched any tiktok so you still have no idea about tiktok i still have no idea i'm still i'm still an old man uh i think me and my sister kids. only communicate in tiktok sound bites but um yeah like not every single theater piece online right now can be a reading because readings are getting like why do yeah. i want to go to those anymore you know what i mean i did yeah um, i grew out of those real quick yeah, so I totally understand like wanting to make something that's that's for the audience and interactive. I personally haven't really written a Zoom piece. Yeah. I think for me, I'm just like at one point this has to end, right? Um, but even saying that though, even when the world goes goes back to some sort of normal and we can go to theaters like there's no reason why you don't have to like you, we have to stop all Zoom shows. You know, and like if you live across the country from your best friend who does Zoom, like who and you guys go to two different schools and like, but you want to do theater together, like you can always have this now. We always have this as an option. This is something that's not going to be taken away, um, like compared to regular theater. You know, if we have another apocalypse, sure, you can be ready for it. I personally haven't really written any Zoom shows because I just feel like. It has to end, so I'll put my time towards things that can last longer, but... Yeah, and I want to say that I didn't write a Zoom play. I wrote a play that was interactive that could be done over Zoom. And it could very much be like a performance piece where someone's just going up, walking on stage with a book of Mad Libs. Yeah, totally. Like, that's that's something that I think think people... That's the kind of dichotomy between Zoom performance and regular performance. I think we can actually kind of meld together and blend. Something I was thinking about, I've been thinking about some often, is that... We don't have to, like you're saying, we don't have to, like, no longer use Zoom after live theater returns. I feel like it has a place in potentially re- readings, once it's not inundated with readings, is that's actually a place where we can workshop lots of material yeah, in the I future. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a fantastic format for 
workshopping and for reading. I mean, the only thing is you don't get to share snacks, which is like the best part of that is the best part of reading. Yeah. Um, but it is like, like I said, like for me, I personally, you know, my friends go to theater schools across the country. It would be hard to get everybody at the same place at the same time. So this is a fantastic format to do that, um, to get feedback, to have everybody just be there, um, even if we're not physically there with each other, which is nice. But I've also seen a lot of competitions be like, oh, please write something as a Zoom performance. Um, so you could do something like this if you wanted to. And that's to. as easy as like just changing a few words, honestly, to be like, yeah. instead of, to be like, they moved they move left on the Zoom window. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's that's a Zoom performance, I guess. It, yeah, I, they totally. really don't. It's like, usually it's like, oh, restrict the number of characters and like, yeah, whatever. Like that's, it's really, it's really, I I, I don't like the ones that are like, make a Zoom show. It's like, no one wants yeah, a Zoom show. Yeah, I agree. I why also, you, why do you want something no one ever wants? Well, it's just like, we want to escape. We don't want to like really look it in the eye of what situation we're in right now. Yeah. But yeah, this is just a great opportunity to figure out different things. I mean, like. The majority of the people listening right now are young writers, and why not to write something like this? Because just any—it doesn't even matter if you're young or old. You can write whatever you want, whenever you want, like about yeah, whatever that's, you that's want. Our, that's our belief. <laughs> that is our the cornerstone of our podcast. Is you, you're a writer if you're right. That's it. Yeah. So this is just like an example of if you want to bring the audience in closer to you, um, and then it's also kind of. Fun because like that other performance I was talking about and then yours, you get to be the performer if you want to. I mean, technically you can do that with like any of your plays, but it gets kind of weird at one point if you want to act in them. Yeah, there's a ratio but, like, of like of like weirdness to liminal Miranda and you got to you're going to end up somewhere <laughs> along that ratio. That's so funny. Like somewhere along um, that. that. But yeah, so this is a good way to do that. I think especially it's more acceptable if it's online because you're like, I'll just do it all myself. It's just easier to do it all myself. Because um, I recently did that. I, I did a shadow piece online and I just did it all myself. I just didn't want to have to deal That's with true. other people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is just a we fun. Should, you shouldn't deal with other people. You shouldn't. Social distance, please. Please end this pandemic. We need to end oh, this yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't deal with other people. Right well, I, didn't just, I just didn't even attempt to do it over Zoom because I didn't want to. I didn't want to schedule Zoom. You know what I mean? I feel that I'm like I'm getting I have so much burnout, but this this <laughs> sorry point- <laughs> that's a rant. Basically, we're just saying do whatever you want. Add people in your show. Don't add people in your show. It honestly doesn't matter. These are just two like people's opinions. Who it, it doesn't matter. You know, you can do whatever you want. But but here's the here's why we started season two with this, which is the important part, is that we're going to be talking a lot more about different aspects of the theater. And different types of theater possibilities, uh, like we're going to talk about, like maybe like improv and stuff like that, and how that can be used in theater, and among other various different examples of things. And I think it's really about um, expanding our horizons now that we kind of broken down to the basic bare bones of like reading text. So I think that's what our um, what this season in air quotes of from um, the perspective of the writer and perspective of the writer well it's all these things with it in mind that these are writers talking and we're kind of talking to writers yeah so we're going to be talking about different aspects of the theater as well as different types of um different types of theater 
that can be done. And we're going to talk about that through the perspective of the writer, as well as having our regularly scheduled Zoom Zoom readings, uh, our plays on here, as well as potentially more opportunities that are coming out soon uh, to submit more thematic material. So if you have any pieces that you want to for us to read, as always, you can submit to our let me try to get it right. Let me try to get it right. Season maybe two. I get it right. Get it right. Get it right. This time for season maybe two. Maybe I've heard it so much now. Does it start with a www? I mean, it can if you'd like it to. <laughs> it's like it's like prp slash submit. Oh gosh. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. I, I'll never get it right. What is it? tinyurl.com slash prp submit look i got it now i got it now you say you say now say now say now tinyurl url.com slash prp submit i did it i did it okay um but yeah so as always you can submit to that if you have any pieces that are preferably under like 45 minutes closer to that 30 minute kind of range is what we're looking for um, but yes, if you have anything, you can always send that over, submit it to us. And then this season, we're also going to be offering some special opportunities with more of like a focus um, because it can be intimidating to be like, oh, I just have to write whatever I want. Um, so we're going to give some prompts. And that first prompt um, for a Valentine's episode. Hubba, hubba. We're gonna, <laughs> I can feel the love. Um, we're going to have a Valentine's special. <laughs> And we would love to be featuring love scenes, um, relationship kind of scenes. Uh, happy, you know, sad, comedic. Happy, sad, not sad, comedic death. I don't know. Whatever you're into. Um, it's actually a tragedy. It's not a comedy anymore. We're, yes, we're, yes, we're doing yes, Shakespearean yes. tragedies here. Um, <laughs> or Shakespearean comedies, which are often just also not a little histories. Bit <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like the histories. Like, I do like the histories that I, I think about. I very but. much enjoy Henry VI. Anyway. You can submit that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you can submit that to our link tree because I don't know what the like tiny URL. It'll be tinyurl.com slash Valentine's PRP. Cool. Um, so, yeah, you can, if you have any small scenes or if you have a small play, that is fine too. Just that one has to be. There are no short. small plays, only small scenes. Um, what? I don't know. Oh. That, was, that was just something I wanted to say. I, I feel like it. we can say that there can be small there are plays. Small plays. There's small plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you have a love scene or a small play um, that has something to do with love and relationships, um, go ahead and submit that to us. Um, it can be that love and relationship between anybody, really. Um, yeah. Stretch stretch the prompt as far as you want. Yeah, it's taffy. Uh, stretch it out. It's taffy. It's taffy. taffy. It's just taffy. I remember whenever I'd go to Disneyland, every time my gra- with my grandma, she'd be like, do they have salt water taffy? She'd kind of speak like that. I, I, I don't actually think she spoke like that. I don't know. She was from Boston. I, I don't think she spoke like that, though. I don't honestly remember. But yeah, so yeah, stretch that shit out. You know, make that prompt whatever you need that prompt to be prompt here for bitch. you. Yes, make that prompt your bitch. Do whatever you need to to that prompt to survive. We're here for you. We know you need it. Um, we know so you yeah, need so, unique New York. Oh God, oh, we need to finish this soon. I'm gonna start going crazy. But um, yeah, submit submit a Valentine's Day scene or yeah. a regular play, and we would love to yeah. have it on the show. And 
this is season two, but did you know there's a season one? I thought we just skipped that. I thought, I thought we, we just, just skipped that. It's like, it's like it's like how they don't how in like France they the first floor is like the zero floor. Ugh. I know. I, I don't know. That's it's this is this is season two. What I'm trying to say is we have 20 episodes before this, as well as some mini special episodes that you can go listen to um on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're still trying to get them to jump in our DMs. Um uh-huh. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or just tell tell your friends about it. Tell tell your friends, your family, anyone who's interested in playwriting or writing for the theater in general. Let them know. I know. Or just storytelling, because we talk a lot about that, too. We do talk about storytelling a lot, too. Yeah, let them know about uh, the podcast. Tell them where they can find it, which is literally anywhere you can find podcasts, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On all major platforms. On all major platforms. (laughs) Well, uh, Mitchell, any final thoughts? I'm going to need a preposition. Next. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. That's smooth.